The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. If you have your Bible, open it up to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Today we're continuing our series we've been in called You Ask For It. And obviously today I'm not here with you. I'm actually in my living room right now because uh, me and my family are on vacation right now and we're having a great time. But I wanted to share this message with you because what we're going to be talking about today is really at the heart of so many of the You you Ask For It uh, cards that were handed in. And that is this, how do I stop stressing? How do I stop stressing? I read an article recently that said that, uh, that stress is at an all-time high. In fact, it said this. It said that stress right now is near record levels. It's, it's the highest it's been since World War II. Uh, so I did a little research on this, and I also discovered this, that today in, in America, the number one injury death in America is now suicide. Injury death. More than car accidents, suicide. I also read these stats. These stats are from the American Institute of Stress, which is the fact that our country has uh, an American Institute of Stress speaks to the fact that there are some things going wrong. There are some people struggling with stress in our world right now. Said this, 44% of Americans feel more stress than they did five years ago. One in five Americans experience extreme stress where their hands are shaking, they're, they're having heart palpitations, they're, they're dealing with depression. Uh, three out of four doctor's visits are related to stress. I also read another statistic uh, that said, here are the top seven stresses that people deal with. All right, Number one is your job. Number two is money, money-related stress. Number three is relationships. Number four, poor diet. Number five, media overload. Number six, lack of sleep. And number seven is the 2017-18 OSU football season. Now, obviously, I'm joking and I'm kidding. But I want you to know something this morning in all seriousness. Uh, I understand that stress is a big deal. I understand that a lot of you are dealing with stress in a very hard, difficult way. Me and Sarah saw the cards that are coming in. We've, we've, we've had conversations with you. We know this is not something to joke around with. We know there's a lot of you that are dealing with this. So, so what I want to do today is speak to what God has to say about stress so that you can apply the Word of God to whatever area you may be stressing in and experience God's freedom because He wants you to be free. Jesus told us this. He said this in, in John 16, verse 33. Or, yeah, He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Notice, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Now notice here in this verse, God never promises us that we will not have stress, but what he promises us we will have is peace in the midst of it. So today we're going to look at how we can tap into God's peace in the middle of whatever it is that we're facing so we can stress less. And we're going to, we're going to do this by looking at one of the most classic texts in the entire Bible when it comes to stressing out. All right, so how do we stress less? Well, Philippians chapter 4 Uh, In this text, Paul gives us the anti-stress management recipe. And I'll show you today that actually in this passage we're going to read, what he talks about comes with a stress management guarantee. It's not guaranteed by a doctor, but it is guaranteed by God. So if you're dealing with stress, you need to pay attention to what we're getting ready to read here. All right, Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse number 7. If you do these things... You'll experience God's peace, 
which is far more powerful than the human mind can understand. His peace, talking about God's peace, will keep your thoughts quiet and keep your heart at rest. Okay, So we're talking about God's peace. And the Bible calls this the peace that passes understanding. What, what is that? Uh, well, here's what it is. It's a peace that moves beyond your, your circumstances. It's a peace that moves beyond whatever logical reason may be. It moves you to a place where even though you're in the middle of a mess, you can still focus in on God's peace. Now look back at, at what this verse doesn't say. It doesn't say you might experience God's peace. Notice it doesn't say you can experience God's peace. It says you'll experience God's peace. So that word keep uh, there is the Greek word free re all right? And that, that means this. It means to guard, protect against a military invasion. So here's what God wants to do. He wants to set a military guard around your thoughts and around your feelings to keep the devil from coming against you with stress. So God promises we can have a more peaceful, less, stress, less stressed life. But notice, it starts off with an if. Now, you need to understand something. There, there, are, there are about 7,000 promises in the Bible. But with every promise in the Bible, there's a premise. So what's the premise for this promise here in the Bible? Well, it's what it says at the beginning, Philippians 4, verse 7. It says, if you do these things, you'll experience God's peace. If you do these things, that's the premise. If, you, if you're taking notes, highlight that, underline that, circle that. If you do these things, you'll experience God's peace. In other words, if you do these things, it's going to keep you from stressing out. Okay, so what are the things that we're supposed to do? Well, that's what we're going to look at today. That's what we're going to spend some time studying. In these verses right before Philippians 4-7, and in the verses that follow it, it gives us the things that we need to do. And actually, God gives us five things that we need to do if we're going to step into the peace. These five things that, that He has for us to do, we're going to go into great detail on these. So if you're taking notes, write this down. If you want to keep from stressing out, here's the first thing you need to do. Number one, refuse to worry about anything. Refuse to worry about anything. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, never worry about anything. Why? Because the number one source of stress in your life is not work, it's not relationships, it's not health, it's the worry that can attach itself to your life through those things. So God makes it super clear what He wants us to do with worry. He says, never do it. Now that's a strong statement, right? It says, never worry about anything. It, it, there's no wiggle room in that. There's no exception to that. There's no exemption for that. There, there's never any, God doesn't give us a reason why it would be okay to do that. It says under no circumstances are we to worry. Never worry about anything. That's about as big a blanket statement as God could make on, on something like worry. You see, here's the thing. Jesus thought worry was such a big deal. It was so important that in one of his most famous sermons he ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, where he talked about all sorts of things. He spent a, a big chunk of that time talking about worry. In the Sermon on the Mount, he gives us actually three reasons why you should never worry about anything. Let's look at these. Matthew 6, verse 25, it says this, Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your, your body, what you wear. It is not life more important than food? 
Is not the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Okay, so so here's the first reason that you should never worry about anything. Number one, worry is unnatural. Jesus says in this verse, he says, look at the birds of the air. You know, in in the entire universe, the only creation that, that God created that worries is human beings. Birds don't worry, cows don't worry, dogs don't worry, cats don't worry. Cats may cause you to worry, but they don't worry. Worry is unnatural. You weren't born with it. There, there's no born wor- worriers. No, no baby is born worrying. They, they pick that up. We all pick up worry as we move along in life. Now, the good news for me and you is if, if worrying is something we can learn, it's also something we can unlearn. So Jesus goes on to say this in Matthew 6, verse, let's see, 28 and 29. He says this, And why do you worry about clothes? Look at the lilies of the field. They don't worry about theirs. Yet King Solomon, in all his glory, was never clothed as beautifully as they are. So, so Jesus is saying, in all of God's creation, in the entire universe, there's only one thing that worries, and that's human beings. We're the only things God has created that don't always trust Him. And God says that's unnatural. Worry is unnatural. And by the way, uh, since worry is unnatural, it's also unhealthy. Your body was not designed to handle worry. And when people say, you know, I'm worried sick, that's, that's actually true. In fact, doctors have said that a lot of people could leave hospitals today if they knew how to get rid of worry. Uh, worry causes all sorts of problems in our body. It causes asthma. It causes high blood pressure, arthritis, migraine headaches, uh, stomach disorders, ulcers, and get this, hemorrhoids, which that last one there proves that worry is literally a pain in the butt. So, So if you want to be healthier, you need to stop worrying. Worry is unnatural. Now, here's the second thing Jesus says about worry in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, worrying is unhelpful. Worry is unhelpful. Matthew 6, verse 27 says it this way. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? The answer is no. Worry does not help you. Worry cannot make you one inch taller. Worry cannot make you one inch shorter. Worry can't take 10 inches off your waist. I wish it could. If it could, it would have by now. Worry cannot lengthen your life, but you know what? It can shorten your life. Uh, Worry cannot change the past, but it can definitely mess up your future. It it doesn't bring you one inch closer to a solution. All it does is is cause you to feel miserable. So, So worry is unhelpful. The third reason why we need to stop worrying is this, because worrying is unnecessary. Worry is unnecessary. Matthew 6 verse 30 says, If God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't He more surely care for you? Now think about all the beautiful flowers that there are in the world. And there's a lot of those flowers, realize this, that are never seen by human beings. But God takes care of them. They bloom, they do everything they're supposed to do. So if God cares for those flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, don't you think... He'll take care of you. If you trust God, if you put your trust in God, you you don't need to worry. Why? Because 
Because God's promised He's going to take care of you. In fact, Philippians 4 verse 19 says it this way, God will meet all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God wants to provide for you. And He has the ability to do it. So we have to refuse to worry about anything. Why? Because it's unhelpful, it's unnatural, and it's unnecessary. we got to stop worrying. And you say, but Josh, I, I can't. I've tried and I can't. Well, I'm here to tell you, yes, you can. And this is how I know you can. Because Jesus says not to worry about today. And he also says later on, he says not to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries for itself. If he said that, that means that we can stop worrying. Because Jesus would never ask you to do something or tell you to do something that you were not capable of doing. So if Jesus tells us not to worry, it means that we can. So if I want to keep from stressing out, I've got to stop worrying. Number two, here's the second thing you need to do. Talk to God about everything. Talk to God about everything. Philippians 4 verse 6 says this. It says, never worry about anything. And then it goes on to say, instead, in every situation, let God know what you need in prayer and in your requests. Now, I remember when I was a kid, uh, anytime I had a need of some kind, I would go to my dad or I'd go to my mom and go to one of my parents and I'd let them know that I needed something. I would tell them what I wanted. Sometimes it was a want or whatever, but I felt like it was a need. And I would tell them I needed something. Now, when I would do that, even if it was something expensive, uh, I didn't really think much of it. I I can distinctly remember as a kid, I don't remember one time as a child ever ever asking my parents or telling my parents I needed something and then wondering how they were going to get the money to, to make this happen. Why? Because that's not my job. It wasn't my job as a child to figure out where the money was going to come from. It was my job as a kid. My job as a a child was just to simply ask, listen, you're a child of God. And it's not your job to figure out how God's going to do what you need Him to do. But it is your job to ask, to ask your Heavenly Father. Here's what the Bible says in, uh, in James 4 verse 2. It says, you do not have... Because you do not ask. I, I was thinking about this this week, this problem that some of us have when it comes to asking God for things. And, and one of the things I, I kind of realized this week is, you know, sometimes we categorize the problems of our life by if they're big or if they're small. But you know what? God doesn't do that. He doesn't. Because you need to realize something. All of your problems are small to God. Even if it's big to you, It's small to God. There's no big problems in your life. There's no small problems in your life. Because listen, all of your problems are small to the creator of the universe. So here's what you need to realize as a child of God. Because they are small to him, because they are small to your father, they need to be considered small to you. Our big, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-everywhere, all-everything God is, is, is able to take care of you. He's not just your God, He's your Father. And He loves you. And He wants to help you. And He will spare no expense to do so. He's proven that. The Bible says this in Romans 8, verse 32. It says, Since God did not spare even His own Son, talking about Jesus, but gave Him up for, for us all when He died on the cross for our sins, won't He give us Christ also? Won't He who gave us Christ also give us everything else we need. If God did not spare his own son, but gave him for us, why would he not give us everything else that we need? If God loved you enough to die for your sins, don't you think that he loves you enough to help you with your your finances? 
Don't you think he, he, he loves you enough that he'll help you with your health, with your relationships, with career decisions, with closing a deal, with making a sale, with whatever it may be? Of course he will. God is your father and he wants to help you. So talk to him. Talk to God about everything. Pray. Bring your request to him. You, you want to lower the stress in your life? You, you want to worry less? Then, then give those things over to God. That's, that's the step you need to take. Now, here's the third step in stressing less. Number three, thank God in all things. Here, here's the third part of, of Philippians 4 here, verse 6. It says, When you ask God uh, for what you need, also thank Him for all. Everybody say all. For all He's done. Now, notice it says, thank Him for all He's done. Uh, what we're doing is, it, when we do this, is we're, we're thanking God for all the things He's done in our lives. We're reminding ourselves of His faithfulness in the past, which gives us faith to trust Him with our future. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says this, In everything give thanks. Now notice, it doesn't say for everything give thanks. And here's why. Because there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now that you should not be thankful for. There's pain in the world. There's evil in the world. Somebody gets cancer. You don't thank God that they have cancer. Somebody dies. You don't thank God for their death. We don't thank God for everything. We don't thank Him for the bad times. We thank God in the bad times. In everything we give thanks. Which means even in bad times, I can find something to be thankful for. You see, here's something worth writing down if you're taking notes this morning. Write this down. You cannot be happy and ungrateful at the same time. You can't do it. Happy people are grateful people. Unhappy people, a lot of times, they're ungrateful people. In fact, study after study has shown that the healthiest emotion known to the human being is thankfulness. The more you build thankfulness into your life, the more happy you will be, the more healthy you're going to be. Uh, in fact, studies actually have shown that having an attitude of, of gratitude actually raises your body's Im uh, immunities, your, your ability to fight off infection and fight off sickness. Isn't that amazing? Whereas not being grateful causes you to, to be more susceptible to sickness. So, so here's what God wants us to do. He wants us to focus on the fact that He's good and He's for us. See, as children of God, we're not orphans, and we don't have to just do this thing called life on our own. A lot of times we're stressing because we feel like we, we have to take care of the things of life on our own, but, but we don't. We have a loving Father who has been good to us in the past, and He will be faithful to us in the future. The devil wants you to think that, that you're on your own, but we're not. We have the best Father in the universe. In fact, I was thinking about this this week. Think about this. If, if Bill Gates was your dad, would you be stressed about some of the things that you're stressing about? You probably wouldn't. Well, understand this. God is your father, and God could buy Bill Gates about a billion times over, and it wouldn't even exhaust his pocket change, okay? God, our father, is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. Uh, he, he has everything you need. And if you want to reduce the stress in your life, you need to thank God in all things. Remind yourself of God's faithfulness in the past and put your focus on His faithfulness for your future. Uh, now, if you're new to New Song or maybe you're new to the things of God, maybe you're new to being a Christ follower and you don't have a lot of stories where God's come through for you, 
Maybe you find yourself, you know, you haven't had those stories where you've seen the faithfulness of God so far. Just remember this. He has come through for you in, in the greatest need of your life. He, he fixed the sin problem. That's the greatest problem that we have ever faced. And so if you have nothing else to be thankful for, thank God for the cross. He loved you enough to die on the cross for you. And if he loved you that much, he won't abandon you now, all right? So here's the fourth step in stressing less. Number four, think about good things. Think about good things. This is extremely important because realize this. The battle in stress is taking place right up here between your ears. It's in your brain. It's in your, it's in your thought life. And here's the truth. Here's another truth worth writing down this morning. What you fill your mind with will determine the level of stress in your life. If you want to have peace of mind, you're going to have to start controlling what you allow into your mind. Here's what the Bible says about this in, in uh, let's see here, Philippians 4 verse 8. It says this, fill your mind with those things that are true and good and right. Think about those things. In other words, um, fill your mind with those things. Fill your mind with those things. Think about those things that are pure and beautiful and respected. If anything is excellent, if anything is worthy of honor, think about those things. Now, I want you to see something here. In this, in this verse here, the Bible gives us eight tests of whether we should allow something in our mind or not. Eight things that we need to consider before we listen to something, before we watch something, before we talk about something or someone Eight things to consider. Here's what they are. Is it true? Is it good? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it beautiful? Is it respected? Is it excellent? Is it worthy of honor? You know, you would never invite someone over to your house, invite them in and tell them to come into your living room and, you know, kill a half a dozen people. And yet we do stuff like that all the time with the shows that we'll allow into our home. Uh, you would never pick up a hitchhiker and allow them to get into your car and to speak in vulgar language and say things that are inappropriate, and yet we'll listen to, to music that has that kind of stuff in it. Here's what I'm getting at. If you want to have peace of mind, you're going to have to start controlling what you allow into your mind. A lot of people treat their mind like a freeway. Anything can drive through it, and they just fill their mind with poison and garbage and, and all kinds of stuff. You know, the old saying, there's an old saying, it says, garbage in, garbage out. That's a true statement. Whatever you put in your mind is going to come out in your life. Remember those stats I read to you at the beginning of the message? One of the top five causes of stress is media overload. Are you stressing out because you're focusing on the wrong stuff? You know, when you, when you think about it, the things God told us to think about here, things that are true, things that are good, things that are right, pure, all that stuff, you know what that is really? That's a picture of God. You see, what God really is getting at here, what he wants you to focus on is him. He wants you to put your, your attention on him. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says this. It says, you, Lord, will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. If you fix your thoughts on God, God says he will keep you in perfect peace. And listen, if you have perfect peace, you don't have stress. You can't have stress and perfect peace at the same time. 
So what you think about is going to determine how stressed you are and how worried you are. I I love this quote I I I saw this week. Check this out. It says, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. It, it, It all depends on what you have your eyes on. There's, there's one more step now, if we want to close this out this morning. Here's the fifth step we all need to take to help us in stressing less. Here it is. Be content with anything. Be content with anything. Philippians 4 verse 11 says this. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Now, let me explain contentment to you a little bit here this, this morning because I think a lot of people misunderstand the meaning of contentment. A lot of people think to be content means I have no ambition, but that, that's not the case at all. To be content is not, is not about being laziness. Contentment is not, is not you know, just an attitude of like, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. It's not a lacking of ambition. Here's what contentment is. It's enjoying what I have right now rather than waiting for something else to come along and happen so that I will feel happy. It's enjoying what I've got right now. It doesn't mean I don't want to progress. It doesn't mean I don't want to, I don't have vision. It doesn't mean I don't have goals. The Bible says you need to have goals. It means I'm not waiting on something to happen in my life in order for me to be happy. Contentment is, is actually, it's the opposite of, of coveting. Coveting is when, it's this, it's, it's when and then thinking. It's thinking, when this happens, then I'll be happy. When I, I meet this girl and we get married, then I'll be happy. When I get this job, then I'll be happy. That's when and then thinking. Contentment is actually total opposite of that. It's independence from circumstances. It means my joy is not connected to what's happening in my life right now. My joy is not based on my circumstances. My joy, my happiness is not based on the happenings of life. It's not based on everything else going on around me. I'm not waiting for something or someone to come along and make me happy and bring joy into my life. Now, here's the rest of what Paul says here in in Philippians 4, verse 11. He says this, I've learned to be content. Notice that word, learned. Uh, contentment is, is not natural. It's something that we have to learn. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know how to live on almost nothing or I know how to live with everything. Uh, in the original Greek, when this was first said, it, it read like this. I know how to live in poverty. I know how to live in luxury. Paul's saying I've, I've experienced them both. I've learned the secret of contentment. In every situation, whether I'm well-fed or hungry or whether I have more than enough or I don't have enough. Uh, Paul says, I, I've learned to be content. If you can learn to be content, you can dramatically reduce the stress of your life. So how do we learn to be content? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of ways. All right? If you're taking notes, write this down. The first way to, to experience, to learn to be content in your life is, number one, stop comparing. This is so important because the, the source of all discontent is comparison. When you compare, you begin to get jealous and you also get envious. The Bible says this in Proverbs 14, verse 30. It says, Peace of mind makes the body healthy, but envy is like a cancer. In other words, it eats you up. It, it, it eats you alive. That phrase there, when it says peace of mind makes the body healthy, that word peace there uh, is actually, in another translation, it's actually translated as contentment. So contentment makes the body 
healthy. So number one, you have to stop comparing. Okay, here's the second tip if you want to learn to be content. Number two is this, realize having more is not better. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 6 says it like this, it's better to only have a little with peace of mind than to be busy all the time with both hands trying to catch the wind. You know, security doesn't come from the stuff that we have because the stuff that we have can be taken away. If I put my security in my job, well, you know what? You can lose your job. If I put my security in my bank account, well, I can, I can lose my money. If I put my security in my good looks, I can lose them, as hard as it is for me to imagine that. I have to put my security in the only thing that cannot be taken away from me, and that's my relationship with God. Now, these five strategies that I've given you today to help you to stress less, they're very easy to explain and easy to talk about but they're not always as easy to do. It's, it's not always easy to, to worry about nothing. It's not always easy to pray about everything. It's not always easy to, to thank God in everything. It's not always easy to, to, thank, uh, to think about good things. It's not always easy to be content with anything. So where in the world, how in the world am I going to get the energy and the power to do this thing to, to reduce the stress of my life. Well, Paul ends this passage in, in, in Philippians 4 with verse 13. It's one of the most famous verses in all the Bible. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God says this, you come to me and I'll give you the power and the ability to do what you need to do. I, I, can, I can worry about nothing today and you can too when Christ strengthens me. I can pray about everything, and you can too, if Christ is strengthening me. I can thank God in every situation, not for every situation, but in every situation, because Christ is strengthening me. I can keep my mind on the right things when God is strengthening me, when Jesus Christ is strengthening me. I can be with, content in any situation when Christ is strengthening me. All of these things that I've talked to you about today, are all, all of them are powered by a relationship with Jesus. You know, at New Song, we, we talk all the time about our, our main goal is to help people know God. We want to help people know God. We want to help people step into a real relationship with Jesus, where they know Him, where they're walking with Him. What we're talking about here is not, is not religion, it's relationship. Job 22 says it this way, Obey God and be at peace with Him. This is the way to happiness. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to ask you something we ask every week at New Song Church, and that is this. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you in this message today? For some of you today, you just need to start by obeying God in these five areas we've outlined. You just need to obey the premise to the promise. You need to, to start doing what God's asking you to do in these areas, and that will help you to, to step into the peace of God. That will help you step into peace that passes all understanding and have so much less stress in your life if you'll just start to take these natural steps in your life. But, but I know there's probably some of you here today, and, and one of the reasons that you're, you're stressing and you're not at peace in this world is because you're not at peace with God. Maybe the real reason you're not at peace is because you're actually at war with God. Romans 5.1 says it like this. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, God sent 
Jesus to this world to die on the cross to pay for our sins so that the, the, the distance between us and God could be, could be diminished and so we could have peace once again with God. And when you make peace with God, here's what happens. Then you get the peace of God. And then you can have peace with other people in this world and you can have peace with this world. But listen, you're not going to have peace in this world until the Prince of Peace comes and reigns in your heart. And if you want to have the peace of God today, if you want to, you want to experience that life, I want to help you with that today by making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. So if you're here today and you'd like to surrender your life to God and make Jesus the Lord of your life, if you'd like to step into the peace that passes understanding kind of life that God promises, then pray this with me. And new song, those of you who are here and have already accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're in agreement with these people today, so let's all say this together. Say this with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I need you in my life. I acknowledge that I have sinned. And I come to you right now, confessing that and asking for your forgiveness. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe that you are the Son of God and that you rose from the dead and are alive today. I open the door of my heart and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. I give you control of my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.